0: Hi, welcome to Fayette Forward. This is Fay Kranz-Green, and as always, thank you for listening. The other day, I was in the car with my granddaughters in Riverdale, New York. We were coming from a graduation evening, which was spectacular and made me a very proud bubby. For some reason, I started telling them about the first time that I ever drove a car. I told them I was about 19, recently married, and having my first time ever driving lesson. The instructor didn't tell me much, thinking I had actually sat in the driver's seat before, but I hadn't. So I had my right foot near the gas pedal and my left foot near the brake. He started yelling at me, what's wrong with you, are you crippled, why is your left foot near the brake? Is it against the law, I asked him. He said no, in fact, that's how the police drive. And why do the police drive that way, I asked. And he said, because it's a much faster stopping time. The foot is already on the brake. And yes, exactly, I told him. That's why I thought this was the right way to drive. I don't have to move my right foot off the gas pedal and lift it onto the brake. That saves at least a minute of stopping time. And sometimes that can be the difference between an accident or not. He looked at me like I was crazy, but he had no choice but to pass me. And so I got my driver's license after all. And that's how I have been driving all these 60 plus years, except for the last five years when I no longer drive at all. But I think there is a lesson to be learned here. Sometimes we poo-poo something that doesn't register with us for no reason, except it sounds weird. We need to focus on what the other person just said and not say anything at all for at least a minute. We need to think about it and not make a hasty comeback which may or may not be valid. Give the other person a chance to explain or elucidate. We may even learn something new. And if you're really brave, next time you're driving, try to keep the left foot near the brake and see if it feels right, no pun intended. Hi, this is Faye Kranz-Green. Welcome to Fay It Forward, and as always, thank you for listening. This story happened after World War II. Rabbi Yosef Shloyme Kahanaman traveled throughout Europe searching for Jewish children that had been left for safekeeping in Catholic convents and orphanages. These children had lost their families in the Holocaust, and he was determined to find as many as possible and place them into Jewish homes. When he came to one particular orphanage, the priest told him that he wouldn't find any Jews there, and if there were, he would need proof of their Jewish identity in order to take them. The priest allowed him to enter, knowing that the children would have no recollection at all of their Jewish roots after so many years of separation. The rabbi had a very small window of opportunity to find the Jewish children. They obviously didn't have Jewish papers, and his time was running out. Suddenly, he had an idea. He walked into the sleeping quarters of the children and cried out, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. Suddenly, from throughout the room, many of the children started stirring and sitting up in their beds. Cries of Mamet tata, could be heard as the children remembered the familiar prayer their parents had instilled in them years before. One by one, he was able to pick out the Jewish children while the Gentile children remained sleeping. The priest had no choice but to allow the rabbi to take the children with him. Imagine the mothers who sat with these children before going to sleep each night, teaching them those precious words that later enabled them to return to their roots. Shema Yisrael is a prayer every Jew knows. It is the one we say twice a day, both morning and evening, and it is also part of going to sleep at night. And finally, It is also said when a person is about to take leave of this world. The key statement in the first line of the Shema is Hashem Echad, Hashem is one. The Talmud says that it is proper to lengthen the the way one says the word Echad. Anyone who lengthens the word Echad, says the Talmud, has his days and years lengthened. I remember so clearly that my grandfather taught us all how to say the Shema before bed. He had us put our right hand over our eyes and say Shema, but we had to say Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. We had to lengthen that word. That's how I taught my kids to say it, and I'm trying to teach my grandchildren that way as well. It seems a little out of fashion these days, even to cover your eyes, but I try. Hasidic teachings explain that we do this so that we can meditate on the inner meaning of the word. The idea that Hashem is one, Hashem Echad, means not only that there is one God, but that God and the whole of creation are one and that nothing exists outside of him. As the Rambam puts it, Hashem can exist without the world, but the world cannot exist without Hashem. And of course, Jewish mothers throughout the ages are the ones that have taught this concept to their children when they are put to bed at night. Jewish children also like to hear Dr. Seuss and Goodnight Moon. But just before they close their eyes, the last words they say before falling asleep Our Hashem Echad. May we all have nachas from our children.